Spearsy, open the door. You can't spend the whole 80s cruise trapped in your cabin. He's going to do it, isn't he, Brad? Uh, well... Seriously, Spearsy, I flew down from practically the North Pole to be here for the cruise. Come out now. What in the name of all that's holy is going on in here? Hey, guys. I've just been a little down lately. You know, summer coming to an end and all. Uh, technically, if this skit is to make any sense at all, it's March now, not August. Just, just hold on a second, Jen. Let's see where he's going with this. Fine, but you know he's going to stick us doing the cruise promo anyway. Yeah, probably. I, I, I just miss summer in the 80s so much. So I thought, why not try to recreate it in my cabin? So I, I, I have this mason jar full of lightning bugs impressive and i squeezed back into my op bathing suit from 1983 oh i can't believe i didn't notice it till just now and then i released 10,000 crickets in my room to simulate the sounds of summer okay that's just stupid spearsy you know they're gonna charge us for that right no 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 here listen i'm gonna release them back into the wild when we pull into key west well you've had worse plans oh is it i, I go now is it me now? Yeah, just do it. Join Spearsy, Brad, and myself on the 2019 voyage of the 80s cruise. We'll leave March 2nd from Fort Lauderdale on the Celebrity Infinity. Artists include Kenny Loggins, Starship, Grandmaster Flash, Berlin, OMD, The Fix, The English Beat, Cutting Crew, Sheila E., and many more. And the 80s cruise is running a special deal right now. Book now using the promo code AUGUST. A-U-G-U-S-T, and get free drink packages on selected cabins. And you get one year to make your payments. Just remember to tell them you heard about it on Stuck in the 80s. Now, for the love of all that is holy, let's start the show. Release the crickets! Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. Ah! <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. <laughs> because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in LA. And today we say goodbye to summer in the 80s. Sorry, folks. We're closed for two weeks to clean and repair America's favorite family fun park. Sorry. <laughs> Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Don't forget to listen to our podcast at the CLNS Media website. You can find it at Aha! Aha! All right, I'll taste the soup. Where's the spoon? Aha! Aha! CLNSmedia.com. And as always, we plead, we beg, we'll pay you. Actually, we won't pay you. But if you love our show, share the links on social media. And don't forget to like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Storms 
Steve joining us today. Her back to school outfits were always on point. It's Jen with one N. Oh, thank you. I wish that were true back in the day. But anyway, thanks, guys. It feels like it's been forever since I talked to you. Well, it was the summer and we we were all doing our own thing, except for me, who is doing the same old thing I always do, which is nothing. (laughs) But it was summer. But that's your thing. It's just warmer. That's it. Either way, I'm still not leaving the lair. Doesn't really make a difference to me. It just means football's back on TV, so I'm happy. So anyway, as we record this show, school has started again around the country. It's probably Labor Day weekend as you're listening. And our memory drifts back again to our beloved decade and to what it felt like to be at the end of a summer in the 80s. And so today we're going to share some songs. We're not going to sing any songs. Let me make that clear right now. Are you sure? Maybe, maybe. We're going to talk about some of our favorite summer-ish movies. And <laughs> hopefully we have some fun stories about what it was like uh, at the end of the summer when we were but little tweensies. So let's get started. Favorite end of summer movies. And it's a real specific type of thing. I mean, there are summer movies, but are there how many really end of summer movies are there? I think there are out. a few. I think there are a few. Five. At least three. <laughs> At least three. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we only have three hosts this week. Uh, Brad, what is your favorite end of summer movie from the 80s? My favorite end of summer movie is Stand By Me. I'm never going to get out of this town now, my glory. You can do anything you want, man. Yeah. Sure. I'll see you. Not if I see you first. I do not care that Steve hates this movie. Steve is wrong in this case. Steve, you're wrong. It is a fine movie. The narrator at the end of it talks about, you know, they kind of drifted apart. And so that was kind of the end of something that they didn't really realize it was the end of, you know, it's like a lot of times you have these transitions in your life and you don't really realize they're happening until you look back years later. Yeah. I First of all, let me clarify one thing. I don't hate Stand By Me. You hate I, it. I saw it once when it was in theaters in the 80s, which, what, what, 1986? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's right. So I was in college and not really wanting to watch a movie about a bunch of 12-year-olds. And so can you blame me for that? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. (laughs) Apparently Apparently you you never had friends and you you weren't nostalgic then, but now you're nostalgic? Like, look, come on, get it straight. Either you're nostalgic or you're not. Well, I'm nostalgic now. I wasn't nostalgic then. I, I didn't care for movies about kids when I was 17, 18 years old. And I've only seen it once. I've never had a chance to go back and rewatch it. Maybe, maybe suddenly it'll all click for me now. But I'm just telling you, in 1986, it did not. Well, the, the movie captures this friendship between these four. I guess they're going into high school. These four boys. Uh, in a way that just really rang true to me. I mean, I, you know, obviously I wasn't alive in the 50s, but... Uh, I, I just feel like that, the roles that those kids played, the characters that they presented, it was very believable to me. Well, and I think we're talking about the end of summer, right? So I think this movie really captures what's so great about summer right. is when you're just sort of like wandering around, like literally kicking stones down the road, you know? And I, I think it captures that. And there's a lot of moments. There's a lot of great music in this, first of all, not 80s, obviously. But the the mm-hmm. it captures well the feeling of like, 
drifting. And so there's a lot of quiet moments throughout the movie, which is something that's really nice, I think. So you literally hear like, you know, a train in the background or crickets or it's just a really cool sort of that feeling of summer. Um, yeah. And it, it is, it's the, the end of the movie is so devastating. And it's sort of like, it just kind of feels like, you know, the end. Of- I know. I can't believe he doesn't save that file before he turns off the computer. <laughs> oh, again with this. <laughs> I know. Every single time. Um, here's something I want to say about this. The 80s are full of movies that are very nostalgic to the 80s. You know, you have your Fast Times at Richmond High and your Last American Virgin. Stuff like that where they're time capsules of that era. Mm-hmm. But the 80s were also really known for movies that were nostalgic for the 50s and 60s because that's the model that nostalgia is basically built on. You're, yep. People tend to be nostalgic for an era that's about 30 years beforehand, which is why we're kind of riding the 80s wave now. And while you have the Goldbergs and Stranger Things and Summer of 84 and all that sort of fun stuff now. Glow. In the 80s, we were nostalgic for the 50s and the 60s, which is why you had Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley and Stand By Me and uh, uh, A Christmas Story and just and on and on and on. It's not a bad thing. The people who were running Hollywood at that time were nostalgic for their childhood days. Their childhood days were the 50s and the 60s, just like people who are running Hollywood today are nostalgic for the 80s. And so just a natural arc of time. So I, you know, I don't hate it for happening. It just, I didn't connect with it. (laughs) In 1987, Rob Reiner named his new film and television production company, Castle Rock Entertainment, after the fictional town from this film. Can you tell me what the first television show that Castle Rock Entertainment produced? Was it Seinfeld? Uh, What is Seinfeld? Jen, Jen, what is Seinfeld? Jen, thank you for ringing in. Jen, what is your answer? Seinfeld. It is indeed Seinfeld, yeah. You're wow. like, wait, I, I I remember seeing that logo a lot. W- where was it? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, the, I uh, don't... The lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I'm already sucking at trivia. <laughs> <laughs> and the 80s cruise is for six months now. So. That's why we run the trivia. People, yeah, you, know, you know the answers, Steve. <laughs> you know, the fun fact of, of us doing trivia, there's a reason we do the trivia. It's so we don't have to answer trivia questions. Oh, I know. Do you, how many times do you guys, I mean... It's, I don't know if I've ever asked you this before, but do you get, because you do this podcast um, and because we've hosted trivia and, and everyone knows that Jen's the trivia master uh, a lot of times on episodes, do people text you like on a Saturday night, like around nine thirty, with ridiculous, like I'm at a bar and settle a bet for me. You know, what are the names of the four Pac-Man ghosts or something like that? You've just convinced the- me to never give myself a number out to a listener. <laughs> <laughs> My sister does that constantly. She'll, she'll be at well, some that's party. Family. Yeah. But other people do too. And they're like, uh, you know, what year was new Coke released? I'm like, oh, Jesus. You're, the phone that you're using to text me is a small computer. <laughs> right. If there was only a way, if there was only a way you could find out this information. But no, by all means, waking me from my drunken stupor so I can answer the question for you. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm really in a weird mood today. I don't know where this is going to go. But Jen, save us with your into the summer flick from the 80s. I will give it a shot. I will say one word, and that is Lucas. Well, all you need to know is one person, and see, so you already know me. So when school starts, you'll have one good friend. That's all anybody needs, as far as I'm concerned. Do you think people need more than just one good friend? Oh, Lucas, Lucas. I, I love this movie so much. It is the sweetest little movie, and I, I loved it when it came out, and I still love it to this day. It's um, it's my favorite Corey, Corey Haim, 
and uh, Carrie Green from The Goonies, oh. and Charlie Sheen is in it, looking very young and handsome. Um, and Winona Ryder is in it. And I, I didn't know this, but that's her first movie, and she is just cute as a button in it. Um, <laughs> and it's sort of a preview of she is, and it's sort of a preview of her weirdness too, because she kind of she kind of plays like this um, kind of oddball. Uh, a student but okay so very quickly the story is about lucas uh cory Haim, and he's just the sort of nerdy um freshman i believe he is and he becomes friends at the end of summer uh-huh. or middle of the end or something like that but it's not school school has not started yet he becomes friends with maggie who just moved into town she's a couple years older and they like do all kinds of fun stuff together they like collect they, well, actually they don't collect bugs because he's such a nerd he doesn't like to hold, keep the bugs they just look at bugs um and they like <laughs> it's so cute and they just like go and 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 he he takes her to listen to um classical music under the stars but they can't afford it so they go in the sewer like underneath and listen there i mean just all kinds of fun adventures they have together and then school starts Mm. and then yeah and then she winds up like meeting um one of his friends a football player named cappy who's uh charlie sheen and of course something lucas of course has a crush on carrie green's character maggie and then maggie starts to have a crush on cappy the football player but the coolest thing is like the football players are not mean i mean they're 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 kind of nice yeah they're kind of i mean some of them yes some of them no but it's sort of a it feels like a more real mix of people like it's not sort of the cartoon like um, all jocks are mean people yeah exactly exactly um but it's it's a lovely little film and the thing that kills me about it is right it's actually when they're listening when lucas and maggie are listening to this this uh, classical music and he just says to her i just wish that school would never start oh and then hmm. school starts and all kinds of stuff happens but it's just a really have you either of you seen lucas um i sat through it when we did the tribute show to Corey when he died oh you did you have watched it what did you think i i loved it 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 has a real innocence to it you described it perfectly there there is a sweet tenderness to it that you just don't see too often, you know. And I, I just I really enjoyed it. I thought um I liked the fact that the football players were nice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just it's a nice <laughs> cute little movie. It's it's nobody name checks it as an eighties movie, but it is certainly I have never seen it. I've I've heard of it. I but when I read the when I read the plot summary, I'm like, oh hmm, yeah. Oh no, yeah, I don't no Brad, you better see I've it. Never seen this. Lucas is in band. I, I did like that clip you sent me about, <laughs> about that. I will, I will contest that maybe not true for everybody, but some people who are in the band enjoy being at the football games. It kind of depends. Yeah. You've really hung up on this, aren't you? <laughs> well, no, I just, I just want to present another point of view. That's all. Okay. Okay. So here's my pick for end of the summer 80s movies. I thought about a lot here. I thought about Flamingo Kid because that literally ends Labor Day weekend. But I ultimately, I think I've talked about that one before anyway. I went with uh, 1989's Weekend at Bernie's. Larry! Yeah. You want to come in here for a minute, huh? What? Larry Lomax is dead. I can't be. Oh. Why do these things always happen to me? What kind of a host invites you to his house for the weekend and dies on you? I, why would he do this, huh? I mean, he had everything. A house, cars, women. This is tragic. I don't understand 
why he couldn't wait until Monday to kill himself. Inspired choice. I mean, this is the ultimate um, end of the summer movie. It actually takes place on Labor Day weekend. Uh, Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman are two like newbies at some insurance company in New York. They're pr- pretty much playing characters who are exactly my age in 1989. You know, they're a couple of nobodies who aren't going to get anywhere. Uh, and then they get mixed up. <laughs> no, I mean, their characters are <laughs> much as much as I, I thought of my life at the time. But they get invited to the, uh, their boss's beach house because they've found this little glitch in the paperwork, which turns out to be, well, the boss was basically robbing the company blind. So he's going to bring him to the beach house and have him killed. But of course, the mobsters decide there's no sense killing these two innocent kids. We'll kill, we'll kill the greedy one. And from there, hilarity ensues because what's more funny than a corpse? Anyone else really enjoy this movie or am I alone? A corpse with sunglasses on? Yeah, a corpse with sunglasses and striped shirt. Uh, Andrew McCarthy as the funny one of the pair is kind of <laughs> plays against type, but I thought it was actually... I, yeah. I will watch this movie anytime it's on. It's just silly fun. I will say that the guy who plays Bernie's stunt double reportedly broke several ribs during the filming from all the pratfalls <laughs> oh, falling off into the sand. The scene where he's being dragged behind the speedboat and hitting all the... Uh, they didn't use the... I don't they, know what they uh, call those things. The buoys? They didn't use a, a mannequin or something for that. That's cruel. Well, for some things, I'm sure they did. I don't. I don't have a full list of here's where the mannequin scenes sure. and here's the. Uh, wait a minute. We can we can at Bernie's Andrew <laughs> can McCarthy mannequin. Uh, oh, I'm seeing a through line. It all makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's a fun movie uh, for the <laughs> end of summer. If it comes on this weekend, you bet your ass I'm going to watch it. <laughs> We should pause for a minute and say support for Stuck in Knees this week comes from hymns.com. Brad, did you know that 66% of men start losing their hair by age 35? I'm guessing a fair percentage of our male listeners are keenly aware of that. It might even be as many as 66%. Wow, the math is uh, definitely your strong suit. The thing is, once hair loss starts, it can be too late. Uh, It's easier to keep the hair you have then replace it when it's gone, which I also believe are uh, some Bob uh, Dylan lyrics. Mm, yeah, that's profound. That's profound. So uh, question, do, do you want a bald spot, a receding hairline, or do you want to get in front of the problem and do something about it first? Are you asking me or is it more of a hypothetical question? At this that's point? like a rhetorical, you know. Okay. Okay. So I, I don't, I get a little bit of a bald spot, so I am starting to get worried. Uh, but that's where our sponsor comes in. Hymns is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual well- wellness for men. I can't even say sexual awareness for, for men. Did I just say it again wrong? Sexual wellness. Yeah. Because <laughs> the word sexual wellness coming from my mouth just doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, Nobody equates <laughs> sexual we- wellness and Steve Spears <laughs> in the same thing. So anyway. But thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to hair loss. They offer well-known generic equivalents of name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. No picking up germs in the waiting room, no awkward doctor conversations, no knowing glances from the pharmacist. Save your time and money by going to 4 4hims.com is smart to offer this service. That's what I'm talking about. I know a lot of my friends feel the same way. Uh, better to tackle our issues using a smart website than taking a half day off from work, or calling in sick, all to go visit Dr. Jellyfingers. 
Uh, Steve, if you're seeing Dr. Jellyfingers about hair loss, uh, you need to find a different doctor. <laughs> Man, that's his name. What can I say? Oh, okay. Thanks, mom and dad. So uh, anyway, because you are a stuck in the 80s listener, you, yes, you get a special deal. A trial month of hymns for just $5, including a doctor's consultation while supplies last. $5 instead of the hundreds you'd spend on a trip to the doctor's office and the pharmacy, let alone the time you'd spend there. Now you don't even have to get up off the couch to get the hair loss solutions you need. Just go to 4 slash 80s. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash 80s and get a trial month for just $5. Back to the show now. We've covered our favorite end of summer movies. Um, and we, we did it without killing anybody. Uh, a few people were strangled. So let's move on to favorites end of summer music. Brad, is there a song in particular that reminds you of the end of a summer? Yeah, and I'm, I'll talk some more about this later in the show, but a lot of my end of summer memories kind of circulate around the summer of 1984 uh, when I moved to California. And the one song that I listened to, uh, well, album and this song in particular that I listened to a lot as the summer wound down was Heartbeat City from the Cars. Oh, Heartbeat City, here we go. So, as you all know, this is the title track to their humongous blockbuster 1984 album. Um, it wasn't released as a single. I was kind of surprised. I thought it was, but I guess I just listened to it so much I assumed that it had been. But it's got this cool, just synth pop etherealness to it that, in some ways, doesn't fit with the rest of the album, but in another way, it just is the perfect capper to it. I think it's the last track on the album. It's kind of weird that they would take the last track of the album and make it the title track. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. Huh, interesting. Jen, what is your favorite uh, end of summer uh, tune? Well, I do not have a favorite. It, this was really, really a hard assignment, I have to say. So I, I just took it a different way, and uh, I went with a specific year, which was 1989, because in my mind, if the 80s are the summer, then 1989 is like the end of the summer that was the 80s. Wow. Whoa. You with me? Am I blowing your yeah. mind right now? Blown. Okay. Fantastic. So so I'm looking at the 1989 list. And I'm thinking maybe Eternal Flame by the Bangles, which was number 32. I'm thinking, um, why does Millie Vanilli have four songs on the Hot 100? Which was like, talk about mind blowing. They had, did you guys know that, that Millie Vanilli had songs at number 28, 21, 16, and eight in a single year? Oh my god! On the on the year end, Hot One Hundred. Yeah, yeah, four songs. That's amazing. I know. I I digress, but I was just so like floored yeah. when I when I saw that. Anyway, that's a fun fact. It is a well, <laughs> it's a fact. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. so if you're going on the cruise, you know what I'm saying. Okay, so the song <laughs> <laughs> that I wound up choosing is uh called "Keep On Moving" by Soul to Soul. Have you guys ever in your life heard this song? 
Um, I listened to it when I saw it in the notes, but no, it, I hadn't heard it. It didn't before. sound familiar. So, Soul to Soul's big other hit was called "Back to Life." Do you remember that one? It's like "Back, oh, back to, to Life." Yeah, which, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so which also kind of feels like back a, to reality, folks. Right, exactly. Back That's it. Feels like a little bit of an end of summer song too. But I picked "Keep on Moving" just because it's a really mellow kind of song which is sort of what what end of summer is to me sometimes it's sort of like well this is the last time <laughs> this is the last time i'm gonna get to feel this but you don't stay still you keep on moving you got to go to the next oh. you got to go on to the next thing which in a lot of our cases in the 80s was like the new school year you know college or whatever it is you just keep on moving and that's that's kind of the sentiment that i was i was going with and also if you are a parent as i am Keep on moving is also a fun way to get your kids to keep going because they stop every like five seconds when you're <laughs> walking with them, say at the store or on the sidewalk or really any place. Um, I right. have sung this. I have sung the chorus of this song approximately five zillion times, where I say, "Keep on moving, don't stop." You know, <laughs> I know you said no singing, but <laughs> anyway. No, no, we we welcome singing by people who can yeah, sing, yeah, right? No. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so I, I do love Soul to Soul. I, I put them in the brunch bucket of, of songs I like to listen to, um, you know, when it's a quiet, quiet, mellow time. The brunch bucket. What other buckets are there, may I ask? Well, you, you create your own buckets, <clears throat> right? Isn't that sure. I just, I'm just curious. What, what, I mean, the fact that you have a brunch bucket is intriguing to me. I would never have thought of category. But once you say it, I'm like, oh, I know what that is. So yeah, I, just I mean, I have brunch have bucket. Idea. I have working you know, working bucket. I mean, yeah. you might substitute the word bucket for, say, playlist. <laughs> okay. So, Steve. What's in your end of summer bucket? What do you I'm got in the bucket? Break the rules here a little bit. It's stuck in ease. I'm going to bring <sighs> this song from the early 90s. What? Steve. Uh, let's, oh, we talked about this. <laughs> Twist. No more waivers. <laughs> it is, um, it's by REM. Very much oh, okay. an 80s band. Waiver granted. Pass. And the stories that I associate with this song are very much from the 80s. This is R.E.M.'s Night Swimming. Night Swimming serves a quiet night The photograph on the dashboard Taken years ago Turned around back so the windshield shows Every street light Feels a picture in reverse Still it's so much clearer I forgot my shirt at the water's edge The moon is low tonight I love this song, Steve, and... You know, again, I think we give you a waiver for this one. It's just, it's a, just beautiful. I love the piano line in this. Yeah, yeah. The music, the instrumental is just, it's so solid, and it just kind of, just kind of grooves along. You know, Mike Mills from REM has said that it's based on the band's real experiences in the early '80s when they would finish up performing, go out to the clubs, and then eventually, you know, a close group of friends would get together and go skinny dipping at you know some pool or pond. Pond's good for you. Michael Stipe denies this, saying his song is just about, quote, kind of innocence that's either kind of desperately clung onto or obviously lost. And if, <laughs> if there's ever a more Michael Stipe kind of explanation to something, I'd like to hear it. <laughs> well, what's funny to me is that he denies the meaning. I don't really think it's the meaning. I think it's the 
True. the experience from which it was written, and then the meaning is what Michael said. I don't think they cancel each other out. Right. Yeah, they, they seem the like thing. they overlay right on top of each other. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, back in the when I was in college in eighties, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, I played Marco Polo all the time in the pool. Did you guys play Marco Polo in the pool? Oh, mm-hmm. sure. With the cousins at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to college. I joined a really small fraternity at the University of Florida. I think we, at the most we ever had was maybe like 30 members. So it was very small. Okay. That is small for a big school. Um, our fraternity house had three bedrooms in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, lived, I lived there for a year. But for the most part, we all lived in apartments nearby. In Florida, you know, every apartment complex has a pool. And so we would go out to the bars, you know, and drink or be at an apartment party until two or three in the morning. And then we would go outside and strip down naked with, you know, guys and girls and jump in the pool and play Marco Polo basically until the sun came up or until the security guard, you know, sent us scurrying on our way. So mm, naked Marco Polo brings the whole fish out of water thing <laughs> yeah. to a new level. Oh, oh dear. I knew you were going to go there. Anyway, so that to me is the song that when I hear that, I immediately go back in time to, to what it was like at the end of a summer in the 80s. That's a great pick. Uh, this song is so beautiful. I love everything about it. I think the lyrics are very poignant and the music, like you said, Brad, that the piano is so memorable and simple and something about it is just so, I don't know, it really like, I can feel it in my heart when I listen to the yeah. song. And and I, I think it's really cool because I feel like night swimming is a thing that that most people have had some kind of experience with, you know, like in the 80s. Right. My night swimming experience was like I was a, a more of a kid and I, you know, there was like no nudity happening, but I lived in Vegas, so everyone had a pool. <laughs> but it was like that cool thing of like when you right. go swimming with your friends at night and, and there was light, the light underneath the pool, oh, inside yeah. the pool. So it was such a different experience to like do yeah. that. But that's the song just captures all of those like really precious moments where you don't, I mean, I don't, couldn't tell you the last time I went swimming at night. Could not tell. Isn't you. there something magical about looking at a pool at night when the lights on and the and the water on top is just moving just at a certain, you know, current so that it just creates that like wavy special effect on all the walls that are nearby and Yeah. Okay, I want you to stop. Put your microphone down, Steve. Go write your song. <laughs> and then come Seriously. Back. Get, yeah, get that get that poem down for your next chapbook. I need to see that one. <laughs> yeah, we'll see that happening. We also promised you our favorite end of summer stories. So let's get started on that while I sit there and ponder my night swimming poetry. Brad, what is the story or what tale from the 80s most reminds you of the end of summer? Well, I touched on this earlier. 1984 was the summer that I moved to California and we left Oklahoma what was the first day of my senior year there and drove to California, you know, a couple of days, whatever. And we got to California and it was school here starts later generally. And it was two or three weeks before I started school. So, you know, you didn't have, you didn't have email. You couldn't text your friends, uh, you know, so it was me in my bedroom at my new house with all of my tapes and my boom box. And I sat in my room for two weeks, kind of like in the lobby for the next chapter of my life, waiting for it to start <laughs> Basically, just listening to a lot of music and wondering what the heck was coming up next. You know, like I said earlier when we were talking about Stand By Me, sometimes you don't know that something is the, the, it's the last time. And sometimes you're keenly aware. And in this case, I was keenly aware that something new is about to happen. I didn't know what it was. So I sat there and waited for it to happen. I love in the lobby. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's yeah nice. You just got you're in the waiting room of your life, right? Like, oh, okay, right. what's happening? Waiting for the seating to begin. Jen, um, 
What story or tale reminds you of uh, Into the Summer in the 80s? So mine is similar to Brad's in that this is a story when I was moving from one place to another. So it was my summer right after I finished ninth grade. So that's 1988. And I was moving to San Francisco from Hawaii. And that year, especially, I mean, like I lived in Hawaii sixth through ninth grade and all that time I I made some really great friends. But that ninth grade year, it's like really solidified some friendships for me. And I had truly found my tribe of folks. Right. So it was um, because it's Hawaii, it was me. One of my friends was Japanese. One was Chinese. One was from Cambodia. And there were, there were a couple of white girls thrown on in, in the mix. And <laughs> so we would constantly sleep over one another's houses. Like we just had so much fun together. So this was the final sleepover at my house before I was going to move to San Francisco a couple weeks later. And my mom wasn't there. It was just us. And we were just goofing around and like just having silly fun or whatever, eating junk food and, and all that stuff and staying up really late. And at one point, all the lights were off. It must have been pretty late. And we started singing different songs. And and we start singing True Colors by Cyndi Lauper a cappella. And it was like none of us had planned it. And we weren't like, you know what we should do now? Like it just happened. And it was so beautiful and spontaneous and bizarre. And I'll I'll just I'll never forget that feeling. And Brad, what you were saying about how sometimes you're keenly aware of when something new is starting. Yeah. I remember even just sitting there as we sung and like crying, basically, that I had that feeling that I was leaving something really special. Just this group. I'm like feeling for the clump right now. But I am completely just, covered in goosebumps right now. Oh, my God. Just, just this group of friends that we had just had this moment together. And we I think we all kind of knew like they were going to stay. But I, for some reason, we all just knew like this had been a very special year together. Yeah. And then we... You know, fell asleep, and the next day we met some boys at the movies and watched Coming to America, (laughs) if I remember correctly. (laughs) So things are fleeting when you're in ninth grade. (laughs) Sure, sure. And now, I mean, you know, moments come and go. That is a great memory. And I can just, I can see why that's kind of a magical moment. Yeah. You know, as we're talking about it, it does remind me of that last line that never got saved on Stand By Me. You know, I had found those friends and I, I, you know, Stephen. Okay. So let me tell you a story. Um, I don't know. I've ever covered this before. Long time listeners of Stuck in A's will will catch on here in a few minutes as to what the, how the finale is going to end. When I was growing up, I had cousins, an aunt and uncle, obviously, who lived in Oklahoma, Brad's area. And we got a lot of Oklahoma in this show. uh, The summer of 84 which would have been the summer before my senior year, was the summer that the whole family went out to visit the Oklahoma relatives. It, it, it alternated. We had, we, had, we had relatives in Ohio, in Florida, and Oklahoma. And so every year, you know, the family would travel to one of those three locations. So 84 was, was Oklahoma. And it was towards the end of summer. And, you know, one of the, the worst parts of the end of summer is back-to-school shopping. Or the best parts. Jeez. And we... I don't like... I hate shopping. So we're there in Oklahoma, and my mom says, "Well, let's go buy you your school clothes." I'm like, "Mom, I'm not, not buying clothes, you know, in Oklahoma." <laughs> oh, you didn't need any, uh, you didn't need any overalls. Yeah, I'm like, uh, you know, we'll, I'll just wait till we get back. You know, I'll see what people are wearing the first week, and then that weekend afterwards, we'll go shopping. You know, I, I got plenty of stuff. We're I'm fine. She's like, well, just like, we, you, you know, everyone else is going shopping. We should go shopping too. We shouldn't be rude. You know, like, let's, we're doing this as a family activity. 
that we go out. Wait, and, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, wait, so you're in Oklahoma the summer of 1984, and like yes. shopping in someplace in Oklahoma City. It's possible that no, I ran into you. No. It's possible that I saw you in Oklahoma. It's pro- it probably no, happened. We were, actually, we let's were, just say it I, did happen. Yeah, I don't think it did. It, we were the we Shepherd were like, twin. No, we were way. Their place was way out west of Oklahoma City. So. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're on the western half of the state? That's where I lived. You're freaking me out, Spearsy. <laughs> One of these days, I'll find out the name of the city. It just, it has, it has lost, it has, it has exited my brain. Anyway, lost in the sands of time. Back to the important part of the story, Brad. Oh, oh, oh. I'm not the important part of your story? That's shocking to me. Do you remember back about that time, one of the cool things, or I assume it was cool, they had like long sleeve t-shirts that still had like a hood on in the back. So it was kind of like a hoodie t-shirt, even though like, why would you ever have a hood on a t-shirt? Yeah, those are, are coming they, back. Are they? They're just as stupid now as they were then, I guess. But Well, you know, people wear anything. I agreed to buy two things when I was in Oklahoma. One was a uh, the said long sleeve t-shirt with the hood on the back. And there was some <laughs> radio station um, logo on the front. I don't remember which one it was. Cat, maybe. <laughs> don't try to don't try to detract me. Distract me. KJ one hundred three. I do not know. You could you could say you could throw out any symbols or any combination of letters. I will not know the answer to what it was. This was. I'm just I'm just providing you with some <laughs> suggestions. Okay. Yeah, I believe there was some sort of animal mascot on it. It was probably yeah. a cat then. Yeah. Yes, it was a cat. There you go. So I had that, and I and I found a pair of jeans that had pockets. Up and down the front and sides. And I had to have that pair of jeans. And it would serve me well years later at a big concert at the University of Florida. Yeah. Those are the pa- bag of rum jeans? It's the bag of rum Wait, jeans. Wait, hold up. Hold up. That's hold amazing. Up, hold up. They're jeans? I, this whole time, yes, I they thought they were like cargo pants or something. Cargo pants? Not in the 80s. Your rum pants were jeans? Jeans. I know, but Jeans. Jeans. I don't. I can't visualize any of this. Married, married, married. So I bought them then, and uh, I loved them. Boy, they, they lasted forever too, for that matter. That that, that Oklahoma uh, worksman, workmanship is really something else. But um, no, I, those I bought in Oklahoma. I, I would wear them my senior year, and then my freshman year in Florida. And when I spilled all the rum on my pants, or when the girl fell on my pants and exploded all the rum in my pants. Um, hence, they probably disintegrated after that. But I forget what episode that is of Stocking Knees, but it's in the first 30 or 40 episodes where we tell the whole story of the bag of rum pants. So, Steve, do you have a photo of these jeans? I mean, like not those specific jeans, but the style I, of jeans? Because I'm look, really having trouble. I will look for a photo. I'm sure I have one somewhere. So, Okay, fantastic. Thank <laughs> you. I will be... Thank you. <laughs> Just piece it. I must say... <laughs> yeah. I, I did picture them as cargo well, pants. Of would, yeah, today, because that's like what you would that. see. But back then, they were they were jeans with pockets up and down that were perfect for, and they were baggy style kind of ish. So you could you could get through a pat down from concert security, you know, with the little young Steve was making some interesting choices. Yeah. Sometimes, I'm, did you ever wear them together, like the shirt, the shirt oh, and the pants the, on the first day of school? Wear them as a, first day of school. On the first day of school. Well, look at yep. you. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, we've spent a lot of time today talking about bad jean fashion, or at least lately in the show. 
Uh, let's talk about something that's good. Um, we're pretty happy to announce that RX Bar is now a sponsor of Stuck in the 80s. RX Bar, uh, anyone here eat the RX Bars besides me? I love them. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. It's a whole food protein bar that labels all of its core ingredients in huge letters right in the front of each package. Uh, so like now that I've described them, I, you can picture them because everyone at work has them. No artificial ingredients, no fillers, no preservatives, no BS. Seriously, like that's part of their like logo is like no BS. I mean, that takes some balls. Uh, instead, RX bars are full of exotic ingredients, stuff like apples, coconuts. <laughs> I love egg apples. Whites. No, like 18-syllable, all-vowel right. chemical names. Yes. It's a nice change of pace. I have a box of uh, RX bars I keep at work. So I know what I need to do at 2 o'clock every afternoon to uh, make it through the rest of the day. I'm an old school guy, so my favorite is peanut butter chocolate. It reminds me of a Reese's peanut butter cup. But there are so many other flavors to try, including mango, pineapple, chocolate, hazelnut, chocolate, hazelnut, peanut butter and berries. That sounds like a cereal. Um, Chocolate sea salt, coffee, chocolate. This is like a seeing eye test for people who don't speak well. (laughs) There's seasonal flavors, too. Imagine the pumpkin flavors are coming any second now. Of course. Yeah, you know they're on the way. (laughs) Pumpkin peanut butter, pumpkin sea salt. Of course, we have a special offer for you for, to, to try RX Bars for 25% off your first order. And that's pretty generous. I mean, I, I think for, for these podcast sponsorships, 25% off your first order, that's pretty cool. Uh, visit rxbar.com slash radical and enter the promo code radical at checkout. That's rxbar.com slash radical, promo code radical. Healthy food never tasted this good. You know what else would taste good right about now? The Ah, the mystical refrain that is not a mystical refrain at all. Rather, it is the theme song to I Want My Mystery TV theme song. That was the worst intro to a Seggy ever, but I'm going to own it. This is a Seggy where we play a snippet of a theme song from the 80s. If you get it right, you entered into a drawing. Um, for this particular week, though, it was a special week. We, it was the show where we interviewed 80s Redux uh, author Mike Hipple. So we were giving away a signed copy of his book to the winner. Yeah, so baby. Pay attention. Here was the clip. That's After Mash. So uh, we thought this would be a difficult question to answer. Um, turns out it was. Brad, spin the wheel. <laughs> there's no reason. There's no reason to spin a wheel. We only had one person who got it right. Um, who would that be, Steve? Maybe we should let Jen. Dave Cedillo. Dave Cedillo. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Dave. Send us your uh, snail mail address, and Mike Hipple himself will be mailing you the autograph. Which means book, you'll actually so. get it. Yeah, you're so lucky, Dave. That book looks so good. It is. It's fun. I was just uh, fondling it earlier today. Oh, <laughs> congratulations, Dave. <laughs> hey, Dave wrote us a letter, too. Yeah. So Dave wrote, wow, after MASH, I was actually binging on old MASH episodes a couple weeks ago, and this one got on the YouTube queue. 
When the theme song took a bland turn after the familiar Johnny Mandel part, I remember thinking, huh, that sounds really generic. And then you played it again this week. And I had no idea that little bit of mediocrity would serve me so well. Hey, you know, sometimes a little mediocrity goes a long way. Hey, that was a great interview with Mike Hipple, Spearsy. Thanks to guys like you, Brad, Mike Hipple, and John Lamoureux, I can keep one foot in my 80s past and one ear in my nostalgic present. Signed, Dave, no middle name, Sadio Jr. Okay, cool. Okay, Dave. So, no, I, the book I'm fondling is not the book you're going to get. You get a fresh one from Mike, so don't worry about that. Um, don't let Jen dissuade you. From Trouble you. <laughs> you get a fresh one. Unfondle. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be open, signed, and sent. Uh, and probably in record time. Uh, in the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's Mystery TV theme song. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in to see if you're a winner next week. We'll be giving away bottle openers. Yeah. Yes. We have to order some more pretty soon. In the meantime, uh, let's take a commercial break. Sure, it's a lot of bouncing around, but it did put two great kids through college. This isn't just a job. This is a chance to make a difference. Course to you. You've earned it and this day too. You've earned it. Rocky Mountain Gold and Silver. Labor Day 1984. And to the working people of America from the working people at Coors and Coors Light. Nice work. The best of the country is you. Hey, we're back. We got a few minutes left. I thought let's reignite. That's not the right word. Reignite, renew. Reaffirm uh, an old, uh, back in touch an old with. habit called What's Your 80s Obsession? Jen, what is your 80s obsession? So, my 80s obsession is somewhat related to something we talked about earlier in this show, which is Miss Ms. Cindy Lauper, who we all can agree is the best ever. Um, <laughs> I bought True Colors, the CD from a library for a buck, and I was playing it in the car, and my daughter loves it because Cindy Lauper, but she also loves the liner notes that have all the lyrics in it. Oh, cool. Like, she thought that was, like, the greatest invention ever. <laughs> so, she's been singing along, and she can, like, sing that whole album now, like, by herself. So, um, so Cindy Lauper for sure. And then I was like, well, if you like this, you're going to love She's So Unusual. So, I started playing her She's So Unusual in the car. She loves it. She loves it. I mean, she is just wild. And she, she'll be like, Mom, don't I sound like Cindy Lauper? And regardless of whether she does or not, <laughs> I say, of yes, you, you sound great. You sound so good. But um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm going through a, a Cindy Lauper renaissance right now. And, and starting, we're starting to move off of the, the popular albums and starting to move into her later stuff. And yeah. it's, a, it's kind of an education for me because at some point I did that thing where you just listen to the, your favorite three or four albums and stuff. Sure. So now that I have a, um, an accomplice. <laughs> We're going to start listening to a, a lot more Cindy Lauper. Although it does, it did at one point. I remember in the car get a little funky when we started playing oh. Shebop, uh, and yes, well. I was like, "This is not the time, eight-year-old girl, for me to tell you about the Parent Music Resource Center." <laughs> yeah. But we'll put a pin in that one. No, yeah, we'll put a pin in that one. A pin, an absolute pin. Yeah, because she was like, you know, what does that? What does this even mean? What is Shebop? And I was like, you know, like singing and dancing, and I kind of left it it's at wise. that. But. Cindy Lauper. Is I, I my will say you, these days. something you said there really captured, kind of grabbed my imagination. That when 
you bought an album that had the lyric sheet in it, you forget how great that was. You're like, oh my gosh, no more guessing. Oh, I like that was yeah, the and greatest you just spend time. You just spend time with that out, like the whole physical yeah. thing. You just spent time with it. That because was just you such a, like a an Easter egg that you'd find when you open the album. Liner notes, you know, I don't really care about liner notes as much, but lyric sheets, that was always like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I mean, now if you wanted lyrics, you just type it into Google and there you go. Right. But yeah, that was like so magical. So Brad, what's your 80s yep. obsession? So my 80s obsession, I know this will be a surprise to everybody, uh, is about music. One of the other podcasts I listened to, they were talking about a song on this album and it got me listening to it. But my 80s obsession this week is the 1981 Earth, Wind & Fire blockbuster album, Rays. They're talking about the song You Are a Winner, which is a good song, but I pulled up the whole album and of course everyone's going to go to Let's Groove. Obviously that's the big, you know, chart topper from here, but the song Evolution Orange, I cannot get out of my head. It is just in there tight, stuck in there. I've been listening to this album nonstop for about 2 weeks now, <laughs> and it's just I'd forgotten how good it is. I know I've talked about this on other shows where I'll, I'll try to like grab an album that I haven't listened to in a long time and just like try and jump back into it and listen to the whole thing. And I just, I encourage you to do that because you forget so much good music when you don't listen, when you just listen to the singles or just listen to the hits or just listen to your Sirius XM subscription that plays, you know, 30, 80 songs over and over again. <laughs> There's so much good music out there that you've kind of let slip into your past a little bit. If you do that, you know, it's funny too, Brad is when you do that, or at least in my experience, you you're like, how do I remember these words? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. Last night on the drive home, I listened to Asia's first album for the first time in, I can't remember how long, just forever. And the same thing, I'm like, oh yeah, here comes the chord change. I'm like, wait, how do I know that? <laughs> <laughs> it's in you, in your bones. Yeah. So um, here's my 80s obsession lately. And it's, it's been mainly a work thing. When I'm sitting at work and there's, I need to have something on my headphones because I'm trying to tune out you know, conversations around me. I find myself putting YouTube in like a little tiny corner of a screen and I play um, behind the music specials for 80s bands hmm. pretty much over and over again. So last week I watched um, Journey, Sticks, I think who else? Def Leppard maybe. I get it to the point now where I can almost mock the narrator. Like Sticks thought they were writing high. But there was trouble ahead when we return. <laughs> when we're back, when we come back. Oh my god, it's such a formula. It's yeah, behind the music formula. That's awesome. Mr. Robota was a hit, but the robot was about to come stopping when we return on Behind the Music. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. Have you seen the Go Go's one, Steve? Um, I, I'm sure I've seen them all at some point, but not. The yeah, Go-Go's were riding high, <laughs> but someone was about to let the air out of their bicycle tires. When we return on Behind the Music. And then they backtrack when they come back and recap. They spend the first 30 seconds recapping the entire show up until yeah. then. So I'm pretty sure every every Behind the Music show is maybe 15 minutes of real content. And the, and all the rest of it is re recapping what you've heard. Tease and recap. Tease and recap. That's what TV shows. <laughs> and they thought that... You know, and they found a sound that was truly their own. <laughs> they thought the gold would never end, but it did when we return on Behind the Music. 
<laughs> I love the like fake recreations that they do too. You know, it's like it's actually it's not Vicky Peterson from the Bangles. It's somebody with red hair that's like in shot, sepia shot from three quarter angle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then they play that over and over again as they do whatever yeah. voiceover recaps yeah. the first forty five minutes of the show. That's Return. funny to me, Steve. So you find a TV show people talking distracting, or you can work. You don't find that distracting because I know I have to have music on. Like if someone was talking, like some people talk about, oh yeah, I listen to podcasts at work. I'm like I couldn't do that because I would focus. Same. You know, it's it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm just like cutting and pasting and doing some real menial stuff, it's not it's not a problem. If I'm yeah. actually trying to like write notes or write a report, well, yeah, no, that wouldn't work. Yeah, I mean, my my getting my current getting things done music, and I think I've talked about this as an obsession on previous shows is is still those John Carpenter albums. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they're just kind of bump sure. and move, and it kind of keeps me typing faster. Yeah. The only other thing I'll say too is if I'm not watching behind the music, for some reason lately, like I like to to watch Kiss videos. <laughs> <laughs> but not You're like making a confession right now. I, want, I know. Confessing. Kind of dropped his voice down a Your little bit. Professional tone want, right now. I, but <laughs> it's it's hilarious. They have to be like um, live performances, preferably like like professionally shot live performances. And you know, if it's if it's one of the scenes where Gene Simmons is spitting up the blood and singing "God of Thunder," then like I'm totally on board. But if it's just some sort of uh, you know MTV. You know, lick it up video, not so much. But but uh, mm. you know, give me something like 2007, Kiss at the Budokan. You know, I, I, that's I, a little I, tiny video. I am sorry, but you you sound way more obsessed about this than you do about. Behind I think so. I think so. <laughs> but is Kiss really an eighties? That was the last episode Jen was ever on. I'm stuck in eighties. When we return to behind the music. Oh, oh boy, Jen hey, was flying some- high. <laughs> We had fun today. Uh, if you have memories about the end of summer in the 80s, please uh, send us some letters. We we always enjoy hearing from you. Uh, podcast at SIT80s.com. Uh, in the meantime, my friends in crime, uh, Jen and Brad, thanks. You're welcome. I don't want summer to end. <laughs> I'm afraid ends. it already has. Mm. My kids have moved back to school. It's all over. Nothing but ashes and sadness <laughs> remain. <laughs> Everything ends badly. <laughs> Everything ends badly. Otherwise, things wouldn't end. But we'll be back again next week because we're hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.